0: This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. It's Ed Milet, and uh, I've been trying to have this guy on my show for a long time. We met a couple years ago at the Super Bowl, and the reason I wanted him on is because I think he has one of the greatest stories you will ever hear in your life, and I mean that, and some of you out there, you know, we're finding you during COVID, maybe when you're listening to this, maybe it'll be years later and some of you are hearing it, but some of you feel like you're in need of kind of a comeback or a life comeback, and uh, this man's story is remarkable. I mean, like one of the great ones you will ever hear, and uh, I want him to share it with you today, and then I want to pick his brain about how he's become so successful. So my guest today is my friend Bob Mennery. Bob, welcome to the program, man.
1: It is a uh, honor and a pleasure to be here, Ed. Do I have to use this voice, though, as a question?
0: You can use can, the do, Bob I, Do I talk voice? my
1: broadcaster voice, or do I... The Bob Mentary voice, a little mix of both. Ed, you're the man. I respect everything you do. I uh, I watch all your stuff, and you uh, believe it or not, I don't want to give you too much credit here, but uh, you might have been a little silent mentor to me as well through your uh, through your
0: videos and whatnot. So, thank you. Appreciate it. That's wonderful. And it's funny when you talk about the voice. It's one of the most interesting things because I bet I'm guessing 30 to 50 percent of my audience already knows you and is excited you're here, and then the other 30 to 50 by the time we're over will be following you. But when I met you the first time, and we just when we've talked to, you know, over the years, I am struck by the difference in the Bob Mennery from, you know, you and Peter. And the one that I meet yeah. one-on-one is a little bit more, I don't know, humble, kind of quiet, almost introverted dude. Is that somewhat accurate?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, what I, what I do is, like, you know, what I, I realized at a young age kind of that I had this voice that was just I could turn on at any given time. Hmm. and uh, didn't know what the hell to do with it. You know, I think at the end of the day, I always wanted to do voiceover stuff and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't walk around and go to CVS and be like, can I get those two uh, Butterfingers there? Give me a water bottle. <laughs> you yeah, know, I don't do that. Uh, but uh, it's definitely, let's just say this, Ed, if I lose the voice, I'm in big trouble. I might need a job.
0: Yeah, you, you've, got a, you've got a voice for, uh, for radio, for sure. So let's go back to the beginning of that run, because this is what I wanted. You know, there's so many people, man, right now that are, they're down on their luck. You know, they've lost their job, their business is down, you know, they put on weight during COVID, you know, there's all these things, there's a social unrest, there's all this stuff going on in the world. And you found yourself really down on your luck years ago. And I kind of just want you to take people through the story. But I want to make sure I start it right. You had moved out to California, you were caddying at Wilshire. I don't know if we're allowed to say where it was, but you were a caddy and it sort of, it went, it, which is by the way, but it wasn't your dream job. It wasn't what you aspired to do with your entire life. And you ended up basically homeless, right? So take them through where you were at the bottom and how you got there.
1: You know, my goal was always to be, I wanted to be an actor and a comedian. That was my goal. So I kind of went to New York film school at like 23 years old Um ended up going to los angeles california to be an actor comedian and i was one of the i think only people to probably go out to be an actor comedian and not do one stand-up comedy show and <laughs> not do one audition actually i uh, kind of <laughs> felt uh, fell into the partying stage uh, mm-hmm. a little bit uh and kind of got a little distracted but uh i'll tell you what though on the caddying th- front caddying was one of the most amazing jobs that I've ever had in my life. Like and I truly, like, believe it or not, I I miss it. It, you know, I was always I was always like, you know, I my my father always stressed the most important thing is, you know, getting up early and and being the first one, the last one to leave, regardless of what you're doing. So even in the caddy yard I would I would I would do that. You know, I would be there at 5 a.m and when the guys didn't I'd carry two golf bags which uh, on 18 holes would be seven miles, I think. And when we're done, everybody wants to go home. I was like, let's go another round. Wow. Let's go another round. Um, but during that time, uh, I developed a somewhat of a drug problem. Uh, mm-hmm. I was doing cocaine like every day, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, that's that's why I could carry the golf bag so fast. Dad. I was running around there the, on the golf course, uh, seeing every ball and whatnot. But, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah, and just... Uh, you know, just didn't really, I just got comfortable. Cause you were, you were at this place. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to perform. I wanted to show my talent because I knew I just had this edge and I couldn't really know what it was. I knew I had that voice that was catchy, but I also mm-hmm. offered something else that I just didn't know what it was yet. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I, 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 mean, I don't even know where to go with this, but I was yep. just in a gotten comfort zone. You know, I got a comfort yeah. zone of caddy. I'm making a little bit of cash, but got
0: But you, but by the way, a lot of people feel that way too. They feel like they got some kind of talent. They don't know how to express it. They don't know what it is. They got kind of this vision of, I think what they want their life to look like. And usually your dream, and it's true for you now too. I always say this to people. Usually if your dream does happen, it doesn't show up looking exactly the way you thought it would look. You know, it gives you the (laughs) feeling you hoped you'd get from it, but it usually doesn't show up in the form or fashion that you think. But you're doing, you know, I know the story, but I want them to know this. Yeah, you're doing coke. Yeah, you're caddying. Yeah, you kind of lost your way. But it, there was some, there were some significant moments too, right? I mean, was there a point where you were at your lowest during that time back in the day? Was there like a moment you're like, "This is, yeah, this it, is out of control." It, yeah, it
1: gradually got to the point where it just became like, "All right, you're spending more money on things you shouldn't be. You're missing work time based on bad habits." And then before you know it, um, which you obviously probably know already, is you know, I found myself my buddy goes, Hey, I got to move to Texas. You don't have a place to live anymore. And I'm like, fuck. And now mm-hmm. this member, uh, gave me a Sean Moran, gave me a, a car that I would drive to and fro to work and, uh, didn't have any money. I had minus $700 in my bank account. After four years of caddying, I hit rock, absolute rock bottom. So I remember the first night getting in that car, driving, where the fuck do I go? Mm-hmm. And I had already used up a lot of my resources. You know, I'm pretty street smart. I can figure stuff out. But I would, I used up a lot of my resources, and I had nowhere to go. So it started right there that first night. Where the fuck do I go? I'm in my car. I drive around. I look for a nice neighborhood. Park there. Put a pillow in the back. Blanket over me. Go to bed. That's night one of three months. Oh my god! Actually, two yeah two and a half months of sleeping in a car. And that is, uh, no, you know, maybe I not an occasional night where I stayed at a buddy's or something, mm-hmm. but it got to a point though, that I didn't even want to stay at a buddy's. I wanted to continue. I don't know what it was in my head. I wanted to continue staying in that car. I don't know what it was. It became a comfort zone for me. Um, but yeah, I spent at the end of the day, I slept in a car for two and a half months trying to do it for one day. It's, it's tough. Two and a half months. Oh I had a gosh, membership of the YMCA. I had a membership at the YMCA and I would, I would park in a nice neighborhood and I would wake up because you can't sleep in Edwin. When you're sleeping in a car, you can't sleep in. People are running around. There's garbage trucks going by. You can't sleep in, wow. which actually somewhat worked to my benefit because I was at the club earlier, but go to the YMCA to shower, go to work. And caddying is very up in the air business. If it rains, there's no work. Mm-hmm. If you're a lot of politics behind it, you know, that it's a lot of family members in the caddy yard who bring other caddies out because they're family. So I was left there. I would go there sometimes. I'd show up at five in the morning and it's a cash business and I would leave at four in the afternoon with no work. Oh my and gosh. then I kind of fell. It just happened. Like it was like a two week period where I was up five till three in the afternoon and no work. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was nuts.
0: I want you guys to picture something, by the way, dude, I, I did not know it was that long that you were home, that you were basically living in your car, but I want you guys to picture something because a lot of you have done this. You've chased your dream and failed. This guy moves out here. It's got all these aspirations and I, we're both from Boston area. So I know what it's like when you leave home to just having your family back there. And there's just, we're a little bit different people that live back there. We're really family oriented more than most. Right. And, uh, it's 100%. a big move. Yeah. When you leave Boston and you come to LA, that's a major move and he comes out here and it just gets out of control. And
1: that's why, and that's why real quick, I think my stress is, is it's so important to, you know, when I'm in LA, it still happens to me. If I feel myself coming out of that funk, yeah it's okay to go back to your family and reset it's okay to take a reset and a breather it's not you know don't be ashamed of it if you have to come home with a tail between your legs and be like all right i'm fucking up let's mm-hmm. reset and then let's go back and that's that's kind of and i still have that happen to me it Happens every, know, it I, every I, three months
0: yeah i think i think you just did it and i want to i will i want to get to that point in a minute too because there's stuff like as a friend i want to ask you on camera about that yeah. but i want you to picture something everybody because you some of you don't know the end of the story because he's in the middle of building this this vision of his too but this man goes from living he's caddying He's living in his car to just a few years later, he's so influential on social media that he can crash the PGA tour's website. I want you to imagine this, guys. Like you go from even for you to hear this is probably pretty cool to step back for a minute. Show sure about a dude living in his car, caddying, homeless, to just a few years later, he chased his dream and failed, to he's so influential in the space he's in that he can take down the PGA Tours website from, from time to time. Well, yesterday, he put a post that's got 8,500 comments on Instagram already. So while you're in the car, let's go to there for a minute because I think a lot of people are like, I'm not homeless. I'm not in my car, but I'm trending there or I feel it. Mm-hmm. Was there mm-hmm. something that sent you back to Boston? Like were you like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm heading back. Was there like a moment or did you just like go, I'm totally out of money. I got to go.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, there's a moment, a big moment. I had uh, taken a line of crystal meth uh, by mistake or not by mistake. I don't even know if at that point I was so fucked up mm-hmm. and uh, did that. And I ended up for some reason I couldn't sleep, I guess. Cause if you do that, you can't sleep. So I was up for two days straight, not sleeping, tweaking out in my car. I had a flat tire. Okay. Wow. I couldn't even drive anymore. I got to the point where I had a flat tire. I was on the side of the road it was right in Sherman Oaks. I was in that car. I was hallucinating in the middle of the night. I was thinking there was a prostitution ring and I don't know to this day, to this day, if this is a real thing or not, I swear to God. And I haven't told really many people this. I, I was parked there. I was sleeping. I was seeing things that weren't there. I thought there was cars coming behind me, parking their cars. There was girls getting out of their car, banging these guys. They drive away. I don't know to this day, Ed, if I was in the wrong place at the wrong time or hallucinating. So after that happened now in my head, that happens for four hours in the middle of the night, probably between the hours of one and 5 AM. So I, in my head, I'm like, this has just stopped. All right. It's my time to get out of here because they know where I am now. They know I'm here. They, you know, this Jeep is just sitting here, you know, and they attended windows, but I was hiding under a blanket like this for four hours shaking because I didn't know who the fuck was there and doing this. So what I did was I started my car with a flat fucking tire. I drove down the road and I took a left as I take a left to this day. I don't know if this is real or not. I look to my left. I see five cars speed right around the corner and follow me. So I step on the gas, I drive, I go to the gaslight. I pull into a CVS parking lot. I would die to get the surveillance tape. If I could, I pull into a CVS parking lot. I am freaking the fuck out. I run out of the car. I run into CVS. And I am like screaming at the top of my lungs, guys are chasing me. People are fucking chasing me, whatever. I run through the back of the store and I open up a door. All the alarms go off in CVS. And now the CVS employees are fucking going crazy. What the fuck is going on here? They probably just think I'm a crack addict, you know, which I pretty much was at that point. Um, They're like, what's going on? I'm like, please call the cops. I saw something I shouldn't see. Like, you got to fucking get me out of here. I can't fucking do this. Like, all right, well, chill, chill, chill. We're calling the cops. They call the cops. Cops show up. I go outside and I'm looking around and I see a car in the corner, right? And it has its windows down. And I see three guys in the car staring at me. Now the cops are talking to me and I'm looking over my shoulder. I see him. An ambulance pulls in. So the firefighter comes out and he's like, what, uh, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, listen, I know you guys think I'm crazy. People are fucking following me right now. Like I'm telling you, look in that car, go fucking over there right now and go look in that car. Somebody's following me. Firefighter's like, all right, relax, kid. I'm going to go check. Walks over. And I sit there, I'm like, all right, here we go. They're going to figure this out. This is, he comes back. He's like, dude, there's nobody in the car. I just looked. And I'm like, all right. They're like, what do we, uh, they're like, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to the hospital? I'm like, get me out of here. I jump in the back of the ambulance. They bring me to the hospital. I pull into the hospital. I go in. They put me in the bed. I'm sitting there. And now I want to stay there forever. Like, I don't want to leave the hospital. I don't want them to discharge me. They're asking me all these questions. I can tell they're, you know. And so finally they discharge me. I walk out of the hospital i take a left i leave and uh i i see another guy and he's staring at me and then i look to the left i see another guy he's staring at me i look across the street another guy i sprint i almost got hit by cars i run across the street the cars are flying by on sherman oaks i forget what road it is i'm like frogger i'm dodging these cars whatever finally i call my buddy ernie giapapas i said ernie you got to pick me up right now there's people following me whatever Ernie comes there, picks me up. I jump in the back seat of his car in the fetal position and hide like this. Okay. And Ernie's side of the story is the pretty funny too. Uh, I go drive. He's like, where? Uh, I'm like, just fucking drive. He's like, all right, dude, I'm, I'm bringing you home. I'm calling your parents. I'm calling your brother. You're going home. I'm like wow. you're not right. Drives me. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, just drop me off at the police station. Cause I'm like, you have to get my bag and stuff out of the car. So police station is a safe place. He drops me off at the police station. I go Whoa. inside. And I run right into the police station. I'm like, guys, I got to stay here for a minute. Somebody's following me, whatever. They're like, all right, chill out, chill out, chill out. Five minutes later, Ernie pulls in. I jump in the back of the car. We're off to the airport. I have an airplane ticket that my parents bought me. I show up at the airport. I am fucked up. I haven't slept in three days. I haven't showered in three days. I smell like shit. I go to the airport. I sit down. I go through security and I finally am there. My flight to Boston and I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden I pass out and something to this day i don't know what the fuck it was woke me up and it said uh robert Menery, rob menory last call uh gates wow. are closing and i was sitting right next to the gate i was there an hour and a half early before the flight wow. robert Menery, rob Menery, gates are closing i get on that plane i sit in the plane i remember people were looking at me like i you know, smelled like shit oh my people would smell i haven't showered whatever get in the plane and back to boston i go
0: Oh, my gosh, brother. See, I have not heard that whole story. But, I've never way, told you... it to anybody yet. I just love I, 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 I I've never told the story to anybody that deep. Th- thank you, bro, for sharing that. I, uh, the way you tell it, too, I can picture it. I can see every one of those steps. It's hard for well, me. Well, you know, I
1: do consider myself a, a storyteller as well.
0: <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, that is part episode. of your – but, bro, <laughs> like, in all seriousness, like, because I know where you are now, that's just – it's shocking. Like it's shocking to, and by the way, you still have some self-destructive qualities, which we'll talk about in a little bit too, but I, so we, can we,
1: can we skip that part?
0: (laughs) Well, I just think what you've already done has helped like millions of people, just so you know, because I've told people that's one of the most amazing stories, but I didn't know all of the backstory like this. And this is just like, so guys, if that's where Bob was, Right. And you can think about where you are. Is there at least a shot for you to turn things around? There's got to be at least a shot, right? 20, so,
1: Twenty-eight years old. Twenty-eight years old. Write me off. I should have been dead. Write me off.
0: No chance. Unbelievable, man. So now, there's moments in life, right, where like our lives change. By the way, dude, I'm, I'm, I've been doing this a long time. I've done you know hundreds of shows. I don't think I've probably been this speechless before. Where I'm like processing what you just said, even though I knew a little of it. It's actually really, really amazing for me because of just where you are now. But so you get back to Boston
1: fires me it fucking fires me up yeah it
0: should it should broke because it gives everyone in, on this planet hope but so you get back and I know there's this part of the story at least where you're on the couch and something happens but like can you do you just do you go back there and just kind of get cleaned up like you just got home and you different crowds so you stop using stuff or what happened when you got back
1: oh it was- it was great. It was great. Show up at the door, knock on the door. Mom and Dad, I'm home. 28 years old. They just downsized to a two bedroom small apartment. They were thrilled to have their 28 year old son come home wow. and uh, walk in the door. And four days go by of me just kind of like detoxing, I guess, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is how fast. I don't know if you want to rush yeah. bit, This is how fast it kind of happened. Okay, my buddy go. goes. My buddy, uh, my brother-in-law picks me up. Finally, he said, uh, "I'm gonna pick you up at 11 o'clock. We gotta get you a job." I'm like, "All right, fuck. All right, here we go." I get in the car. We drive to Leary's liquor store. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, he goes, "I He goes, "I want you to go in there and I want you to go apply for a job at Leary's liquor store." And I'm like, "Fuck this! I don't want to work at Leary's." All right, fine. I'll go in there. I walked into Leary's liquor store. I said, uh, so embarrassed, like, so nervous because I was so, you know, just it's a horrible feeling. Yeah. I said, uh, you guys hiring? Like, oh, well, here's an application. Like, what's your name? Like, uh, Bob uh, uh And obviously, like, I, I for some reason turned on my voice. I thought that might help. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Um, you know, <laughs> grab the application. Uh, got back in the car to Joe's, uh, my brother-in-law. And he goes, how would it go? I go, well, I get the application. I'll fill it out, whatever. He brings me home. I get a call from my buddy, Mike Constantino, YouTube rapper, uh, rapper. He said, Bob, what's going on? I said, Mike, what's going on? How you doing?" He said, do you want to be, can you do me a favor? Can you be an extra in my music video? I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm an actor. I can do this. I got this. What do you need me to do? He's like, well, well you're just going to stand way in the back and you're just going to rage. You're perfect for this part. So I show up, we shoot the fucking music video. It's actually pretty good and then 2 a.m comes along and this is the moment that changed my life uh i walk into a room and what i always did real quick which is important to the story yet is with my voice i would always go out if i went out to a bar or anywhere with my friends i wouldn't sit with them for more than five minutes i would run up to a random group of table i just ran up to a random group of table and go Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers here on ESPN. Tonight, it is NFL Sunday, and I would just see their reactions, and I would do this all night. Hmm. And uh, some people would uh, love it, and some people would be like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? <laughs> but when they, did ask me what uh, when they did ask me what I did for a living, I did pretend. I said I was like the Jacksonville Jaguars play-by-play guy. But I always – that's just a big – I always used to stick, dick. And, you know, it never went anywhere. Right. It never went anywhere. But – that night it did. I walk into a room, and I sit down. And uh, the man to my left, didn't know him before, but I will never forget his name, David Justin. He's with his girlfriend. What does Bob do? He pulls out the voice. Mm-hmm. And guess what does Dave do? He pulls out the camera. Mm-hmm. And he reports. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. I go to bed. All of a sudden, the next morning, it's like, bling, 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 bling. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> Who died? Did I get the job at Larry's? What's going on here? Right. And uh, I I, w- I witnessed firsthand kind of what it was like to go uh, just viral in an instant mm-hmm. moment.
0: Mm-hmm. And so he posted the video on his social media, or did he tag you, or what happened?
1: David did me. I, I owe David for life. What David did is, David was like, you know, this kid is fucking talented. I'm going to do everything I can to try and be have him be seen by whoever, or whatever. So he called up Bro Bible, and uh, Brandon mm-hmm. uh, was one of the first guys. Hats off to Bro Bible. For literally uh, starting my life and David, uh, they blasted it out there and they put it out there and they with the headline of why isn't this guy a sportscaster? And uh what happened was I think story I did a deal with Storyful for like five hundred dollars or something and sold my life away for them to like blast it on all different media outlets. Yep. And uh and at the time like I'm like negotiating with these people, I'm like, why am I negotiating? I'm nothing with, what am I doing? I have nothing. So I'm like, Yeah, I'll just do it for five hundred. And they blasted it out there and USA Today picked it up all these different outlets and it was like, Why isn't this guy a sports
0: announcer? And I uh, got picked up. Brother. That is, guys, come on. Like, anything is possible. I'm, not, I'm trying to, like, overcook it, but, you know, the meal here. But, like, that's... But that is rem- luck.
1: That, that, this is why. This is the, this is the thing, though. It, it was lucky, but I truthfully say this. Even at my lowest points, I knew my talent. And going back to always going out and performing it, even if it wasn't under the perfect circumstances of being on stage or whatever, yeah. I would go out four hours a night and just use that voice and just see what people reacted to it.
0: Yeah, you underestimate S- you, a- under, you, uh, you do this all the time. You undervalue stuff you're great at. Here's the deal. You you said earlier, well, I never did any shows, I never did any stand-up. But actually, you did thousands. They were just all not paid. So over and over and over again, when you're going to these tables, see, luck is where like preparation meets opportunity. And what happened there was all this preparation you had done over and over and over again, not consciously, you just had a gift and a talent and something you worked at. And finally, the opportunity presented itself. And what most people do is they have all this preparation, and because the opportunity doesn't reveal itself, they eventually quit on it. And at the lowest point in this dude's life, I mean, he's just, he's just practically running through CDS, setting off alarms, thinking he's being followed after he's done crystal meth, and guys, ends up going viral and has his moment. And by the way, all of you, no matter what the business is the moment, there's a viral aspect to success. There's most people who have success, I don't care if it's A-Rod or... You know, guys you and I know like Gary Vee or, you know, Scooter Braun, whoever it is, people that, you know, you and I- you Scooter know. Braun,
1: we, we, we prank him all the time, by the way. Scoo- I prank FaceTime Scooter Braun all the time. I see there. that
0: on your social, by the way. he's a, I you, He and I Scooter. have become neighbors somewhere, but I'm not going to say where. But, but my point is that most people that have had success, there's some moment where their preparation and opportunity converged, and there's like a 90-day window where they go, that was a big leap for me in my life, and that was Bob's. So- I want to ask you about your social, because, guys, one thing about Bob, if you go over there, when you're hearing Bob talk, his content is not for every single ear in the world. theres It's colorful, for those of you that know what I mean when I say that. But it's hilarious. It's, it's, fine. I can't, it's fine. It's fine. I, you know, but I, I can't go to a golf course, bro, I, or anywhere, sports-related, where if someone finds out I know you, I mean, it doesn't matter who I know. I'm telling you the When I come up with a Bob Mennery, I know Bob Mennery deal, people go nuts over this guy. Just so you all know, his content for all ages, people go ballistic.
1: Yeah. You know what? I think I do a good job at and to go back a little bit, backpedal on the story of hair is, you know, after just, you know, going in that that little viral moment, it was like, all right, what do you do from there? Uh, You know, I didn't know what the fuck to do. Like, once you have a viral moment, what do you do? You don't want it to die. And it was like, you know, so I just did like, I did another video. That was it. I just put another video out, same kind of concept. And I remember like literally hitting, I think like 10,000 followers. And I was like, Mm. I'm onto something. I'm like, I got it. I just felt it. My whole body shifted. And I said, I fucking got this. I don't know Mm. what it is. My parents almost sent me to a mental institution because meanwhile, I'm in the next bedroom that is so close being like Vinatari's dick falls off. You know, like (laughs) that was shit screaming at 20. They're like, we need to check Bobby into a mental institution. (laughs) But I, I just, I saw it. And then, it was weird. It was like that switch. All that addictive personality that was channeled in those areas, just hyper focused into what I was meant to do, and it was, uh, it, was it, it was it's pretty cool. But uh, you, you, wait, you know, wait, 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 wait just on go, above, you just said something. I want to go. I want to stay know, on I'll,
0: there. I want to stay on there. Stay there. Yeah, go go. Because you just said something that I think is true, and because you do have an addictive personality, so do I. So do most people that I know that are successful. But for once, you pointed it at something productive, right? So. Would you agree that you have that kind of obsessive, addictive, over-the-top personality? And that's one of the reasons why, like, your social's taken off. Because what I want to do now is I want to start to talk about the elements of what's made your social work, things you think you could impart onto other people. Because a lot of people have grown on social media. Almost no one's grown as virally as Bob and sustained it. So, you know, of course, there are people, you know, uh, Kim Kardashian has more followers than Bob and I do. But Kim has a television show. She's got other things that drive that social. Bob's driven it through social. So there's keys there. That phone right there. Yeah.
1: I've never used a laptop in my life. I've never used a laptop.
0: What do you think has been the key? And by the way, you're talking about 2.7 real followers that follow this dude. What are some – if you were talking to someone right now who says, I'm trying to kind of get my stuff going, one thing I see that you do, like you document real things in your life, even if they're embarrassing, awkward, strange, weird – like. I feel like I know you, even though I do know you, but if I didn't, I feel like I would know you if I followed you, which builds some sort of brand or loyalty. Do you do that on purpose or is it just, do you think that's true? I don't know.
1: I think that's an, I think that's an instinct. I think it's just an instinct that I have that makes me good at that. But I think what I was very good at in the beginning and growing this was, uh, you know, just, well, first and foremost, if you're trying to build anything and you're kind of the ground up, every fucking person matters. So you are responding to every single person that sends you a message. You are checking in how their day is. You are, and I still do it. Like I literally still do it. Um, I remember, you know, I had that product, right? So I just said, okay, this is what I'm good at, right? This is what I'm good at. This sports voice, doing voiceovers with these things in sports. Okay. So the Atlanta Falcons fan page, 11,000 followers. When I had 10,000, let's hit them up. Let's see if we can do a Matt Ryan play-by-play and have them post it. And let's gain 200 followers from them called up and it's actually fucking hilarious dude i call this i I talk to this kid on instagram and i'm like hey man i have this clip that i think is great do you mind posting he's like give me a call so i'm expecting to talk to this like old guy picks up the phone he's like hello i'm like huh what fuck is this i'm like hello uh this is uh bob menory how you doing he's like hey man how you doing it's like this kid he's like nine years old <laughs> and i'm like uh hey uh so what do you think you think you could do this like put this matt ryan uh, video up i got this like little chick i do whatever he's like yeah you know i saw it i'm just i'm not that impressed i just i don't think it's gonna go well on my page i'm like all right you know but i would hit up the green bay packers fan page i would hit up the you know the other fan page i would just keep hitting up all different areas that i knew had shared the same genre now, I have a very unique thing that I do that not a lot of people do. So it's, I found my the, the, the sweet spot that, you know, I, I don't you know, I really know how to explain it. But, you know, I, at the end of the day, I was, I was the, the most important, important quality my father ever gave me. And I think which makes me, I guess, if you want to say likable, of course, people don't like it. But a likable person there is, you know, always play the underdog. You know, like that, that was the best advice my dad ever gave me. Just always play the underdog. People Dude. cheer for the underdog you you do do that well and And your dad's also.
0: advice your dad that's a great advice your dad's also a performer too which I assume some of that rubbed off on you you know my some of your my favorite videos are when you're showing your dad singing I love that's how much I actually watch if I
1: I hear if I hear summer wind one more time I'm gonna jump out the window but yeah
0: (laughs) his dad does some of the best like Sinatra stuff of all time but so I want to stay on your social stuff just for a second um so you're documenting what you do you know when you're posting and a lot of it is stuff that I don't know that a lot of people would do. So, you know, how did you get, how did you get the Buffalo wild wings deal? Cause Bob is the voice of Buffalo wild wings, at least as the time we're recording here, how did that come up? Cause you know, your content doesn't necessarily flow over to that genre to me, or is that just, they heard your voice and wanted you, did you apply? How did that work?
1: Um, I think that what happened was, I think Mitch, who is my former manager I work yep. with was great, who works know, with Richard it. Sherman and a bunch of other guys, uh, uh, great dude and uh he through the martin agency i think connected through b-dubs um and uh you know they just sent me some voiceovers to do and i read them and i think i i think i pitched him pretty hard too i think i just kind of called somebody and said how bad i want it and just kind of where i think i'm going and where i think the world's going and why this bar stool area is kind of working and mm-hmm. that you know they were afraid of like you know the whole thing the ripper magoo brand and what it's associated with and whatnot and um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just know a lot of guys read for that, you know, like Rich Eyes. There was a lot of people that I guess I beat out for that, which is uh which is pretty cool, but uh they've been fucking amazing partners. B Dubs is great. They've been the one brand major brand. It was cool going like you know, that was a one big brand that took a chance on me that said, "Hey, what's, let's let's take a chance on Bob." And you know, it's yeah.
0: What's what's the um as you're thinking, I'm thinking through your career. By the way, we're on Zoom guys, so we're we're a little delayed when we're talking here, but I'm thinking through your you know, your rise here, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings, millions of people. He's on Spade Show from time to time. So he's got, he's crossed over in some mainstream stuff that he's doing too. But what's the biggest mistake you've made the last year or two? If you had to say, hey, this is the stuff, if you're a rising entrepreneur or entertainer or whatever, and you finally get your moment, here's a mistake I made, what would it be?
1: Mistake I've made has been just a hair too paranoid at times. Uh, I think that have kind of prohibited me from doing a couple extra deals. Um, Other mistakes I've made is, you know, I believe that we could have a lot more infrastructure and, and behind what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I'm somebody who likes to just have my hands on everything that I'm doing, but it comes to a point where you're not gonna be able to scale up if you're just doing it all yourself. So, um, you know, in a sense, letting go a little bit, giving some of it away, And bringing in somebody who can kind of put this together and say, because I'm in the fucking, my mind is just zing, 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 and I'm great at it, Mm -hmm. but where I lack and where I make my mistakes is the organization, the infrastructure, and, and, and that. So that's what I'm trying to get better at day by day. Mm-hmm. just kind of slow down and and but the hard thing is too you know when you come to a point it's like there's a lot of people in your ear there's a lot of people chirping you and it comes to a point where you get a little bit like nervous who do i trust who do i not trust and mm-hmm. and that's my biggest thing is sometimes i'm a hair too paranoid but it's also benefited me too because i've turned down some things that uh, you know i, I could have taken yeah that i was a little paranoid and ended up paying off you know times whatever
0: you know I think I think in bit like in, in entertainment or business as an entrepreneur there's two types of people there's the artist type and the scientist type and you need to know which one you are and if you're the artist type meaning you're creative and you have ideas and you're you know you've got these sort of exterior talents you need to have some scientists around you and if you're a scientific 1000%. type entrepreneur don't you think if you're a scientific entrepreneur, you need creative people around you and the mistake people make is they often hire i just did a program on diversity on this they hire someone like them because we like people like us so artists hire more artists instead of really good scientific people around them so that's just one thing <sighs> nail for the, you you agree
1: nail on the head nail on the head yeah it's exact same situation we're kind of going through right now is is that and you know just figuring people in different realms that are experts in this 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 and just find the right people to surround yourself with but again it does come back to you know it's it's sometimes hard to do that you know it's it's hard to figure who the right partners are because you know this is a fucking cutthroat world it's it's you don't know who to trust you know so you, yeah. you it's, it's a little bit of a lot of risk behind it you know yeah i've looked um, you know, up a little bit
0: yeah i remember even when you were looking trying, at your podcast deal and you and i were talking about that i felt like you were
1: concerned yeah, that's about not, getting that's how go there
0: but yeah yeah you're concerned about that but i know i know there's been some issues there bob has an unbelievable podcast you guys that you all need to be listening to but There's one thing I want to talk about social just for a second, then we'll shift, go to a couple things towards the end, because the story on its own is just so unreal. Do you worry it's going to go away? Absolutely not. You do not? No. Meaning you don't spend any time in anxiety or fear? No.
1: I am more than confident uh, that I am able to – what I'm afraid will go away is the shtick that I do will – would get old, right? Like that yeah. same shtick that I do will get old, right? That's 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 fine, but um, so how do we how do we pivot that? And you know, I I will say right now that I think that I am potentially building and have this idea that I'm not even afraid to talk about, but that I think is going to revolutionize the way that we watch sports, and I think that we are going to layer what is one of the biggest booming businesses on planet earth right now is the sports gambling market um and uh and uh you know i don't want to get too much into it because i'm just really i'll talk your ear off forever on it and uh give us one little insight what do you mean
0: give us us one layer without giving it all away i don't even care if i give it away
1: no if i'll do it better I, i you know i've said the people in the room are probably so sick of hearing it but uh you know i think that you have one way of watching football right now, right? You have Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's like I take what I'm good at. All right. Let's just have an alternative way to watch football. Now you have Bob at the forefront of it. A man who can, because here's the deal. If I announced a whole entire football game, right? And I did it the way that you see on my social clips, it would, that's so old. It would die. People care too much about football, but I do have the ability. And this is where my talent does come into hand to be able to, call a whole game like you would see on tv i know i can do it but what i want to do is have a little teeny bit of the comedic element no rules and whatnot and i want to rotate in because everybody's always like joe buck troy aikman who would be a better color commentator for joe buck this guy this guy well fuck it let's bring in four guys bob menory steph curry quarter one bob menory just be Now, how can we do that, though? How can we use the NFL product? How can we get the license to do that? Well, Scooter Braun came to me a year ago and said, hey, Twitch just acquired a deal with the NFL for Thursday Night Football. I said, perfect. So I spent $30,000 building this fucking product with a green screen and all this different shit where I was at the bottom of the corner of the screen Mm. and uh, all this hoopla and whatnot. Uh, And it just didn't go anywhere. And uh, it just... Died in six months, whatever, lost $30,000. Hmm. Then one day I was kind of on one of my benders, which you see, I was up for like 36 hours and it was like four in the morning and it just hit me. I thought more about it. And and I thought about the gambling world. And I said, how cool would it be to have, you know, a guy live in my ear, you know, uh, giving me live update odds. And there's a countdown clock on the screen. It's second and 17. Now we can, we can commentate the game, but it's all kind of revolved heavily around gambling
0: that's awesome. See, I wanted people to hear how your mind thinks and how deals come together and how you pivot. And th- that's why I wanted to have that part of the show in there today. Um, I want to talk about one of these benders. How many story posts do you do a day on average?
1: Oh, anywhere from uh, zero to 6,000. No, <laughs> like but I, I mean, there's just no rhyme or reason. There's no I mean, rhyme I mean, or reason. No, but you, you, this is where another thing. That yeah. I'll tell you the God's honest truth. I'll just be completely honest with you. I mean, it's is it is. plain and simple. I could get better at setting uh, you know knowing the peak times and all that mm. and doing i don't it, know but that either. that's just my style I, I just don't give a fuck i just will post something up. if i see it i'll look at a clip like aaron will send me a bunch of clips i'll just scroll through and I'm like hey, i can work with that and i'll go in the other room and i'll just rip it you know i have no schedule and then with the stories what i try and do though is i want to it's like i, I visualize myself it's like the truman show i want to show people what i'm going through every single day without the re- like you said before the real shit and the bad yep. shit whatever it is i want to show exactly what's going on in my life That's really good
0: analogy. The Truman Show. The Truman Show. I like that. And guys, he's again, he's not he's not organized. But if you go back and you look at his social and you start (laughs) following him, he posts almost every single day, uh, multiple times a day. And then on his story, he posts quite often. And the reason that I know that is because his bubble comes to the front of my screen every freaking time he does it because I click on him so often. And so he doesn't give himself enough credit, but I want to go to these benders last. You, why, do you, you, why do you, why
1: do you, why do you, cl- why do you click on me? Why do you click on me? I'm just curious
0: about why. I think the Truman shows a pretty good analogy. Well, okay. I'll tell you why I'll give you a few reasons. Cause you've given these keys. One, you are an underdog and I root for you. So I, I do root for Bob. Maybe it's cause we're both Boston boys and you know, we, I don't know, but am, am I found Bob through my son. Um, so I think I root for you. Uh, two, your stuff is the Truman Show. It's like my own life is pretty predictable and regimented, and I'm this disciplined dude, as you know. And when I watch you, it's a totally different experience. And I kind of – I know when he's on a bender. I know when he's gambling with Timmy Bounce Back. You know, like I know I know his content. Best, it's, inter- it's It's in- entertaining and interesting to me. And he documents it well. Even like when you golf, you know – you 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 shoot it you're an artist bro like when he's on the golf course I shoot stuff I'm like hey I just made a birdie bye yours is like this putt's for par if he misses it it's six but it's like it's a show and he's yeah, I am definitely of-
1: putting a lot of thought I am putting a lot of thought behind the stories more in the main post too but like I do actually put a lot more effort into that like and that's one thing I do give myself credit for is I, I do put a lot of effort into trying to make a storyline from start to finish mm-hmm. and then never knowing what's going to happen the next day. What do you think as a person who follows my shit? Mm-hmm. What,
0: what do you think from what you could see? What could I do better? What do you think I could do better? Um, wow. That's a great question. Cause I, you're, you know, you're one of my top five follows on social. What could you do better? Um, I think you could do better, I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I can't think of something right away. I think uh, maybe once in a while tackling an issue like you just did, you just uh, something more really relevant in the time. Like you just did the deal yesterday on um, you know, the Milwaukee shooting at the NBA, and the NBA shut down. Like your engagement went through the roof. Yeah. It's a test of sort of uh, yeah. your reach. Maybe once in a while, something that's like, Hey man, I don't usually talk about these things, but. Maybe a little bit more of that. Yeah, I, I just guess. did the
1: bullying thing. Stop bullying. No, yesterday. I know. And like, I, I just and I,
0: I loved that. and, and Which I'm, I'm very waiting.
1: against, which I think is that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I get so fucking mad at that is the bullying yeah. thing. I don't know what it is. It just drives me through a fucking roof. If you I don't know what it is. I, I, I was never really bullied in, in mm-hmm. school or anything, but I just think it's the lowest of all fucking lows. And that's why I just if I can do anything to. Cause uh, I don't know if you want to call me an influencer. I don't know if I'm the best influence on the planet here, but there's one thing best I would want to get across to the younger people that follow me is that it's just not cool to do that. And if you see somebody getting fucking bullied in school and step up and fucking do something about it, you know, Amen. No, I, I mean, agree with you. One of the reasons that, it, to,
0: yeah. One of the reasons it bothers you is one of the reasons you've done well is you're a good person, bro. Like I'm not being hokey or anything. Like I think most people that follow you sense there's a goodness there, you know, and that your humor isn't mean. It's uh, it's funny. You know, it's funny. It, it's not at the expense all the time of other people. Okay, I want to ask you this lastly, so stay with me. I, you talk about these benders, and I'm going to tell you what I – so this is like live, everyone listening in on me and you. When I watch you, uh, the guys I know that I've coached over the years, people have patterns. Human beings have patterns. And one of those patterns can often be that when they get to a certain point, they destruct a little bit. When they get to a certain point, they destruct a little bit. When I watch you, because I do care about you, I sometimes think, man, he's gone, he goes pretty deep on this partying thing still. And because he's got this history where it kind of derailed him once, I just concern myself about that. And that was a weird thing to cover on a podcast, but I just want to, I want everyone listening. I love it. I love it. I I bet you that the people in that room that are around you are like, hey, I'm glad someone's saying this crap to him. So do you feel like that's also something you need to keep an eye on because that's a been a pattern in your life.
1: Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. There's two things. Uh, I, first, I, my, my, brand that, you know, where we sell all our t-shirts and all our mm-hmm. things is revolved around partying. Yes, We show the work hard, play hard type thing. Yep. I'm also an amazing method actor for my days of acting. So I'm actually never drunk. I'm actually been sober my whole life, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, I I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, look at, yeah, there's times where I could absolutely slow it down. But again, it is that fine balance. It's like, all right, let's take three weeks off and go like chill on a beach. My numbers go way down. But Mm -hmm. when I do the stuff with Timmy and we're having fun and partying, my numbers are through the fucking roof. Mm -hmm. So in my head, it's that constant battle is like, all right, this is our brand. At the Mm -hmm. end of the day, our brand is to I wish I could say though this is the one thing I wish I could say is that I did fake it more, that <laughs> I did fake the whole partying stuff more, mm-hmm. but I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I go all in, um, and uh, but yeah, that's our, that's our brand. You know, uh, ripping magoo's partying uh, zapped. It's, you know, zapped is our podcast. Zapped means hammer drunk. So it's that's 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 the thing. You know, I, i don't know i don't know what the fuck to do i just you know it becomes boring if i think no i'm I'm not
0: saying that what i'm saying for everyone listening to this because we all have that dude in our life who's that dude we want to be around who's the guy that keeps it you know he's the life right so it's just moderation and be careful when i watch you i'm like only thing you could do could derail this dude is that he starts going too hard on uh the excuse of this is his brand That's my concern for you, is that you keep things between the lines. And by the way, lines is probably not the right phraseology based on what you told us in the beginning. But all I worry about is people's patterns. And as I watch people climb in life, I watch this happen all the time, they start to turn the air conditioner on in their life and cool it back down again every time they get on a run. So I just want to make sure for you, but I understand that is it's this, part is of your this,
1: brand. Is this a secret interv- is this a secret intervention here, Ed? Are your you entire give you team texted
0: me before the call. No, no, no. You know what I'm, mean, saying. This, I'm saying? I'm saying that Aaron, Aaron said of this intervention. This is no no no. This is for my whole audience, and I'm saying this as an example with you, is that look, here's one of the things that I think is a clue to success. Is not here's all the things I do well. And then I think everyone should ask themselves the question, what could take me out? What could take me out? Is it that I'm not talented enough? Is it the market could change? Is it that I'm lazy? Is it that I don't have a good team around me? Is it um, uh, my pricing? Is it my personal behavior, right? Is it those things? And when I look at you, I'm like, talent through the roof, unbelievable networker, good man, pretty damn hardworking when he's on it, innovative, got the connections, has this unique thing for me. I already know what it is with you. Is can this dude continue to have this brand at the same time, keep his stuff together as he ages, as he gets to 35 and 40 and all this other stuff? And so for you, that's why I asked you that. That's why I pointed out. And it's why I wanted it. Well, I think, uh, well, I to- think the
1: answer to that question is, yeah, and it, that's a good point because you're right. You know, it's like anything else. So what do we have to do? To, how do we fix that then? How do we avoid that, what you just said? And I think the way we avoid that is, is by layering talent underneath me that, you know, we start going out and branching off and putting talent underneath us that can go out and do the partying stuff where Bob kind of steps behind the scenes as he gets older, because Mm -hmm. guess what? Nobody's going to want to watch me at 45 years old getting fucked up. Right. (laughs) Right. So it's the same kind of model that, you know, as, as much as what, you know, David Portnoy and I had that little thing, you know, David's done such a great job with Barstool and and doing that is he's found a way to, he started that thing with fucking t-shirts and his fucking Boston apartment and yeah. turn it into you know he's got the big cat he's a 20 podcast he's got whatever it's like he's just he took a step back and that's eventually where we want to go perfect um, so example that's, that's by the way that's my best answer that's my best answer to that question
0: by the way that's a great answer and a great example too really really good last question for everyone listening to this that is in that spot man like they're back where by the way this is a sign of Bob Menry most people have never seen before which I love but for everybody who's in that spot I never did this I know. And I love that you did it, man. It's going to, it's, it's, it's wonderful. You and I knew, anything, the man. Yeah. And I knew it would, I knew it would be this great. It's why I've wanted to do it for so long, but for people that are at that spot, they're down, maybe they're not homeless in their car or they're, you know, they're paranoid running through CVS and barely make the flight back and haven't showered in three days, which is an extreme example. But in their way, they're like, man, I'm, I'm down. You know, I chased something. It didn't work out. I had a marriage, didn't work out. A business didn't work out. A job didn't work out. And I want to turn this thing around. This dude turned it around. What would you say to him? Any message to them? Advice? Uh, So they're at a low point.
1: They're they're a low point in their life right now. Uh, What I would say is okay. I would start by getting up at five in the morning every morning. Starting tomorrow, I think just getting up at five in the morning. Depends obviously your situation. It varies though. I mean, do you have three kids? Are you single? Are you married? Whatever. Mm -hmm. For somebody in my kind of you know, single dude, you know, you're up at five in the morning, every fucking morning, and you're going out and you're not afraid to talk to every single person that you meet, no matter where they are, where they're standing and just being a sponge and gathering information, understanding and picking what an end goal would be for you, like what your ultimate goal is, I think at the end of the day, and then finding a way to use the people that you talk to every single day that you're picking their brains and being a sponge and finding a way through six degrees of separation to kind of figure who the right people are to, get you there and then really go to those people and and really look them in the eye and tell them how bad you fucking want it and it'll and that's it like you know you just look somebody in the eye and you say like i did the other day okay i said i I just fucking want this i want this more than anybody you know and uh you you can't fake that shit and it comes because the hardest part is starting anything it's the hardest thing in the world once you start once you get a little momentum and whatnot um the sky's the limit
0: so proud of you bob this was so good today i knew this was going to come out
1: so i just want to be as i just want to be as rich as you that's it well,
0: that's yeah. it stick with me i just we'll want to be as there. rich as you we'll get there brother i uh i love you dude and um i know the whole you world's too, like this, you've been like,
1: there with me in the beginning and you mm-hmm. and i want to say real quick i want to cut you off i want to say that i do appreciate everything you've done for me because you've been with me in the beginning and uh, you have given me some pretty sound advice and always been there, you know, and I'll tell you, that I did credit to Gary. Everybody's like, Oh, Gary V. Ed my all these guys, are they all full of shit or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. no, believe it or not, they fucking check in me more than they should, you know? <laughs> and it's, uh, it, it, and, and where I, when I was, when I offered no value, and you guys are never looking for value, which is great about it, which is you guys are just looking to pass a good message on and inspire people's what, uh, what I admire. And actually I, I learned that from people like you. And that's what I try and do as well. I try and pass off as much good energy and as much of what I've learned to other people and so dude, you, have, did, you really did, did that today it, so yeah
0: you, you you really did that today who'd have known that when you're sitting in that car they're just dude, been or, blowing each other this whole entire time Ed. no no it's I'm out. i out you're right but like i mean it and i i feel really strongly i dude, i do this as you know like my whole deal is i just want to really help people and when i'm in the midst of doing that with somebody i'm grateful for it and i know when we're doing it on this show and i know when maybe we we did it a little bit and we did it a lot today so thank you hey guys yeah, this is this is great. It was awesome, man. Follow Bob on Instagram; you'll get everything from there that you need. And uh, follow his podcast as well. And then for me, remember this: every day on Instagram, I run the Max Out Two Minute Drill. I post on Instagram every morning, unlike Bob, at seven thirty Pacific time, same time every day, five days a week. And uh, when I post, if you make a comment in the first two minutes, you're in a drawing. If you miss the first two minutes, just make a comment on all five posts all week at any time you want. And if you reply to other people's comments, it increases. Can your I chance. win? You, dude, you've put commented before. I don't think we picked you as a winner, but get you, you're not there enough, no. consistently enough. But if you do, I, I'm going to turn on you. Know, and I think, hey, guess what? I'm
1: going to turn off. I'm going to turn on your post notifications. Boom!
0: See how he just did that, everybody. So turn your notifications on, and you can win a trip with me, fly in the jet, come to one of these houses Bob's talking about. I'll coach you, my book, Max Out Gear, all kinds of amazing things happen on, on Instagram on my Max Out Two Minute Drill. Bob, thank you. Everybody else, God bless you, and continue to Max Out. This is the Ed Miland Show.